Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And <laughs> what do you know? It's been a big week in gaming. I'm Mr. Gott for episode 72 for Sunday, the 13th of March, 2022. In this week's show, we'll be discussing all the highlights from the latest PlayStation State of Play, our Game of the Year Ender Lilies getting a limited physical release, and Nintendo opening a Super Nintendo World theme park in Hollywood. As always, I'm joined by Swinny. Why, hello there. And if you want to check us out, go on bigwigpod.com or go to our description to see all the links, all the longs, all the, the longs. <laughs> hype man, um, you are the hype man. What are we hyping I, up this week? I'm, I'm hyping the fact that we're not doing Chrono Trigger again <laughs> this week. It's not really hype, it's like anti-hype. Anti-hype, yeah, I know. I think um, you've, you've got to check what the word hype means. We, well, it's more like, okay, well, that's what's coming up like in the future yeah. because it's not this week. Because unfortunately, as people uh, watching on YouTube can see, and the fact that you didn't introduce him, but Mike <laughs> is not here this week. Mike's not here. He's house hunting. So, He's house hunting at 8.30pm. Melbourne so we, we have chosen to uh, not do our Game of Some Other Year feature on Chrono Trigger because we want him to be involved, if possible. So we're going to push till next week. And if he's not here next week, then we'll just probably just bloody do it anyway. I think, um, you know, because the other thing is, I was trying to give him a bit of an out. I thought he was sort of like maybe 30, 40% the way through the game. And I'm like, I'll be the good guy here. I'll go, oh, we'll just review it. And, you know, you, you can throw your comments in next week. And, but he's actually 80% through the game, so kind you're of... A, you're very tr- trusting of his statement. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's true, actually. We should actually ask where he's up to in the game. Also, because of the way that Chrono Trigger is structured, it's yes. very difficult to know how far you are through the game unless you've played it before. Yeah, I think it's impossible, like, because there's yeah. no percentage meter or anything, unless you... Yeah check how long to beat like you don't want any spoilers but you go okay it's about 30 hour game so, how, so mike's probably like oh i've i've unlocked all like the time things <laughs> on this bar that means i must be like 80 percent the way through the game i didn't think about that i should have actually asked him because you can end <laughs> like without i was about to say without spoiling it but there's it, it, a bit like near automata there's ways to end the game early and i guess you hmm. could argue you go well i've ended the game it's done i've rolled the credits like yeah, you could yeah. Um, and what else are we hyping? We're hyping the fact that I'll be reviewing Elix 2 next yeah, week. Nice. So I'll mention a little bit um, in a moment. Um, that's what I've been playing this week mainly. So, But I'm not going to go too in-depth because, I yeah, I'd like to review the whole thing and I should have completed it by next episode. Very good. I think, that, I think you'll get like a bit of traction on that one because, you know, given that you've had Horizon Forbidden West... Elden Ring has just sucked up all the YouTube oxygen. Like, I, oh, yeah. I, there are people out there who are like Elix Two. I saw <clears> a review <throat> on it actually. I watched a bit of it. You know, I, I feel like there's not that much activity in that space, so I wouldn't be surprised if people gravitate towards it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there's some people, big people in that. Um, I guess that corner of the internet, the the RPG European RPG corner of the internet, like Click Four Gaming, that have been covering it a lot. Um, and they're the people that are obviously way more knowledgeable than I yeah. am. Um, but they're also people that all got review codes well before 
the game even came out. Yeah. And because they cancelled the physical um, order release of the game in Australia, <sighs> I had to literally wait for the digital game to actually release on the store. Couldn't play it early at all. And well, it's you a, could play it a little bit earlier because that's midnight, like our time, right? So versus going into the store. Um, I could have cracked all, a few hours. All I know is that it, it, it uh, like I kept checking. I'm like, oh, please, just hope, hope I can launch the game now. It's like, no, you gotta wait. You gotta wait. You gotta oh, wait. really? Yeah. So on on release day. Well, it's. <clears throat> I mean, it was really, it was the thing is that I think it went live like two in the morning. It's like oh, I'm not gonna start playing it at two in the morning odd. or something. Okay. So normally anyway. it's midnight here for playstation and xbox yeah. so but even then it's like starting an open world rpg at midnight is not the kind of thing that i'm probably going to be doing on a work on a work day so uh, it was elden ring 100 percent. i would have like I, I got the physical version so and we mm. had that whole ordeal because i ordered it on amazon we didn't talk about this i ordered it on amazon and then i i emailed them i'm like what's going on like am i getting it get it on the day they go oh we're figuring it out and then like it came on sunday so I just said stuff that I went to EB Games and bought it on the Friday. So I had two copies for a while. I returned the other one. So well, that was like the Metroid Dread situation yeah. for me because we um, because we were in lockdown when that happened. So I didn't actually have the option to really just go to a shop and buy it uh, yeah. as easily as I could via you know getting it online. So, but uh, a couple of other things. So I just wanted to call out. Um, it's not wrestling. Sorry, it's not gaming related. It's wrestling related. Oh, um, oh you're going is... off script here. Wow, this is going. Hey, it's in the run sheet. That's li- it's literally in the script. <laughs> I'm not a wrestling fan. <laughs> it is literally in the script. But weirdly enough, I've been watching a lot of wrestling YouTube clips, which yeah. you would be happy about. But yeah, what is this? So uh, Big E, so one of the, you know one of the most popular the wrestlers, you know, never heard of champion him. recently. Oh, oh, he was recently the world champion and everything, sure. and he broke his neck on on Thursday SmackDown. Oh, so. dude. Yeah, Holy so shit, it dude. absolutely sucks. But the thing is, like, he's such a good guy that he actually put out like a social media clip, like a couple hours later, telling everyone that you know, like, he's okay and he can move his fingers and everything. But obviously, he's broken his neck and everything. So, you know, just call out that you know, for, and he's one of the most well liked like people in the industry as a person, not character. Um, it's just awesome person. It's such a shame for it to happen leading into WrestleMania season where. I don't know if it was the case, but he may have even had like a big match against Goldberg. Oh wow! Which he's like his his um, idol, so it's oh, man, it sucks. But it, it, like like I know this sounds like a dumb question, but I've I didn't realize that you can break your spine or your back or things like that, and actually then still be able to walk like i just thought it was like game over if that ever happened so is his prognosis that you know he's going to be quadriplegic or they don't know at this case no no he's it's it's good like it's it's a good really yeah so wasn't it when we're kids if someone breaks their neck that that's it like you're in a Hmm. wheelchair man you're like i don't know how the people are surviving broken necks now it's amazing yeah so it's like his c1 and c6 are fractured they're not displaced <sighs> no spinal cord damage that's uh, key, no ligament yeah, damage no no surgery needed you know no so surgery. probably the best case scenario out oh. for that to happen barely a scratch yeah. then <laughs> it's just, tis a flesh wound yeah, exactly <laughs> like oh if we're gonna go completely off script like this i like we haven't actually spoken about this in person but Man, the whole Shane Warne passing, man. You know how much I love sport. And, like, Shane Warne and Michael Jordan are my idols, right? I'm a 90s kid. This this death of Shane Warne honestly has seriously rocked me, man. Like, it's actually, like, I've cried a couple of times about it. And actually, you know what it did? It taught me that I always thought people who, like, 
cried when a celebrity died or something like that. I'm like, this is so like, why are they crying? They don't even know this person. And yeah, man, I got like, I get it now where people are coming from. There's something about it. It's, you know, it just felt kind of like a part of my upbringing. And he's, he's like 52 years old when he died of a heart attack. You just never, I don't know. Like, it's still very young, you know what I mean? It's not that mm. much older than what we are, <laughs> amazingly. But it's just, um, yeah, man, it totally has rocked me. Like, and I'm still watching crap on YouTube about him, like old games or just people reminiscing about him and everything. So, yeah, I just, you know, obviously we didn't mention it last week, but that's, it's, you know, life, man, it's short. You gotta, you gotta say, you know, you love the people around you who you really love, you know, because you don't know how long it's going to be. It's freaking crazy. Damn straight, damn straight. So what, what is this question in the run sheet? I, well, I know I was you hate to, the question. <laughs> I was flowing on from, I was flowing ah, on from yes, the from discussion the, around yes. Big E, yeah. which was, you know, obviously he, he's had that accent, but I was, I was wondering, and obviously mm. you don't need to divulge all the information, but I was like, Intergot, have you ever <laughs> broken a bone? No, I've never, I've never You've ever broken never a bone. You've never broken no. a bone. Never. That's, man, that's, you Not need to get into more fights, I think. Yeah, I know, I need to get into Fight Club, break so, an orbital uh, bone or something like that. How about you? So, so I don't know if I've technically broken a bone now. I've fractured things. Well, that's broken bone. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is like I don't know where the where the line exactly is. Technically broken versus uh, okay. fractured. I fractured my arm before. Yeah. Um, while it definitely it was a ligament thing. If you remember, I had that tumble when yeah, we were yeah. at high school yeah, on my yeah. knee and I had to have surgery on my knee. It was like the the most the lamest tumble yeah, off like two two stairs <laughs> onto the ground. And then it's like, I need surgery on it. I love what that but, shit happens. But the funniest thing, uh, because it involves the co-host on this show, who's mm. not here today, Mike, is that my middle finger yeah, on this, this hand <laughs> is uh, permanently like bent out of shape because <laughs> we were preparing for a grudge boxing match. <laughs> me, my, me against Mike in my, in my backyard, completely not trained. We had moxie gloves, at least. We didn't have, have helmets. And by the way, this is like pre-Fight Club. This is not like inspired by Fight Club or anything. No, like we just started just thinking that we'd spar each other in boxing. And, and I'm like getting ready and I'm like shadow boxing my Hills Hoist um, washing yeah. line, the post. And I'm like just trying to like, tap it no i actually punched it just like shadow boxing and then i actually punched it and and broke the front of my <laughs> well, i think it's broken it's all out of shape finger and so yeah. i had to cancel it to forfeit the grudge match against mike <laughs> it's uh, like a such, wrestling it's the lamest line. it's the lamest way to have to forfeit a match is that i punched a, a washing post and broke my finger you know what so. i would genuinely be up for because i'm going down to melbourne in a month so i have to catch up with you guys but I would be up to do like boxing, like you know, headgear and stuff like that. That'd be fun, I reckon. Yeah, no, I think I'm well beyond that. These days. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I don't want to get a concussion. Hey, it's bigger good. than YouTube space, so we, uh, we could do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll start boxing H three H three's wife. Ella, that's right. What is going on? Anyway, anyway, let's not get into that. All right, all right. Let's get let's go back. Let's let's get this show back on the road. So let's talk about what we've actually been playing. Uh, so Mike has been playing Gran Turismo and Elden Ring. Um, and we what assume? Have, no, no, I've, I've spoken to him about it. Oh, wow, like you've got a field report. Strategizing and stuff like that. Uh, and I have been playing Elden Ring. And, uh, you know, we, we Mike and I spoke about it in our impressions last week. I've put in another 15 hours or something. I'm about 42 hours in, 
which you know you got to have the context of i have a very busy life kids work other commitments for me somehow (laughs) yeah (laughs) um for for me to somehow scrounge up that much time kind of just shows how great this game is i i mean i don't think it's hyperbole for me to go this is the best game i've played since breath of the wild and I played Dark Souls in between then. And I played Skyrim and a bunch of other great, great games. Portal 2. Portal 2. Um, but yeah, man, this game is just... Like, I, if I was ranking what's, like, the more important or best or blah, blah, blah games, um, I'd probably put Dark Souls above this. Because I just think how it's seminal and, you know, like, what it actually did for a genre and gaming and everything like that. But this, I just enjoy so much more. Like, this has the challenge, but this also has the exploration. It's just so good, man. It's, uh, and, and you know, I want to segue to you. Because, like, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to gush about this. I'm, we're definitely going to review this game. Just because then we could talk about it even further. I want to know, have you played it, Swinny? Uh, there's no chance at all that I've played any other game <sighs> this week. Damn. There's... I don't know how it, you go. I, I do not know how you... You have... It's, it's you are very, a sick, strange, particular one-on-one man. <laughs> it is a very easy thing to explain. Are we are we transitioning? Is that enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. enough about Elder Ring? Well, I could <laughs> go on and on about it, but my my point please is please do, that, please do. I'm I'm happy to hear it. Well, like I'll just say, as anecdotal, like a little story, like of how crazy the the game is getting for me. That it is very like much like Breath of the Wild. You know, I'm not like this with games. I kind of just get through, and I don't necessarily complete everything. And this. I'm like, oh, damn, I really want to get two of these Uchi Katanas. And I'm like, how can I get it? I can't. Because, like, you know, you start with it if you pick a certain well, class. You're going to power stance some Uchis, are you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow, that's 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 something. That's, so, that's Dark Souls 2 level right there. So what I did was I created... Because the good thing about having the PS4 version is I can actually play the PS4 version and the PS5 version, and they're almost like separate profiles, but they use PSN the same. Do they have the save files don't share across them, do they? It's a it's a function. So as opposed to like the seamlessness of Xbox with PlayStation, you have to go in and it's a function in the game in the PS5 version only. So I can go take my PS4 stuff, bring it to PS5, but it doesn't go the other way. And it overwrites everything in PS5. That's so, basically like the way that Borderlands and everything used to work and Destiny and all that stuff. And it makes so. sense, right? Because like most people's use cases. The weird thing is I actually wanted to go back to the PS4 version because after playing another 10 or 20 hours of the PS5 version, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'd rather just the more f- f- like locked frame rate. And I couldn't go back. I was like, oh, shit. Anyway, so what I did was... Well, you could start a new game. Well, no, I did start a new game. So oh, okay, <laughs> this is yeah, what I'm okay. saying how it's getting so crazy. I started a new game on the PS4 version as a mule account. I got the Uchi from like the warrior oh. class and then found the other Uchi in the game. Did all of this in like half an hour, right? Then I got Mike to join me in that game. I dropped the, the items to him. So then he gets an extra Uchi as well. So he's got two now and then gave one to me. But the, the stupid thing that I did was the instructions of, cause it's not ever clear anything in, in the souls games. The instructions said you got to drop the item when you're in multiplayer. Oh, I discarded. So I, I checked it and I'm like, it doesn't say drop. It says leave and discard. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, discard's way closer to drop. Discard. And by the way, Mike is, I'm talking to Mike during this and he didn't say anything. I clicked I'm it. Not, 
look, I'm, I'm not like... blaming. I'm not blaming you. I mean, that's that's the way it's been worded since I think the first Dark uh, Souls. Then why the hell do the instructions but, say drop? It's stupid. But I'm not blaming you because yeah, it, yeah like that's happened to almost everyone, but normally not with the um <laughs> the consequences <laughs> that clearly it's had for so you. So I did all this like not that much work, like you know, thirty minutes of work to get two, so I can do it in one go. And then I, I, I discarded one and I'm like, and then we worked out, yeah, that just deletes it forever. Mm. I tried to kill the game to stop it from saving. That doesn't work. So then I ended up just creating another new class. So like, but that was a lot quicker. It only takes like five minutes to be able to, it's amazing how quick you can get to multiplayer if you know what you're doing. So mm. I, it's, it's an awesome game, man. You know that I don't like playing it online. I have it offline all the time, but there's a certain quest line it makes you play online and it's actually really fun, like PvP. It actually shocked me. Like I was playing, I'm like, this is kind of funny and it's funny how people set up ambushes and stuff like that, like obviously. Like this guy was running, I'm like, what is he doing? So then I started chasing him and then all these people came over the top of the mountain and just effed me up straight some, away. So. Some of my favourite moments, especially in Dark Souls 3, is the fact that it's there's just all unwritten rules about mm. things when you're doing PvP. And PvP in that game is very different than than uh, Elden Ring by all accounts from what yeah. I've heard. But um, just the fact that I spent like an hour being part of this silent like mob of priests that were just like inv- like people would invade the world and then would get convert them to become part of our priest group that would just walk <laughs> around and leave. Um, like I forget what they called the gemstone, the glowing stone things, yeah. prism stones everywhere. It was just the most bizarre. <laughs> I've got stuff recorded that I'm like I'm holding oh, on to these clips as long as I can because it's just the weirdest. It's like just storytelling that comes out of like you know of nothing. Like the game's not creating that story for you. It's just the community has done it. So yeah, that's cool. And and like I was talking to Mike about this offline, but there's there's a part in the game where farming rate is like ridiculous like it's like so ridiculous and then mike's like oh hopefully they don't patch it out of the game i'm like dude it's super intentional it's like you're right there next to a side of grace and then you can basically get forty thousand runes within a minute <laughs> right so it's like hmm. i don't know they're, it's a bit overinflated compared to souls like if you think about like a dark souls so, but it's like maybe two times as much as I imagine getting like 20,000 in a minute, right? Like that's mm. a pretty good rate. It's super obvious that they did that. And I think that was always like my frustration when people talk about like easy mode, hard mode and stuff. I feel like it's more so with Elden Ring than any of the other Souls games. Go on Google. Like if you find the game too hard, literally just don't worry about it. Go mm. on Google and then Google, how do I get OP early? Because there's these guides if you follow them. It's incredible. You can get like a plus 10 or like more weapon like insane armor insane gear like that doesn't need that crazy stats mm. you know farm level up like crazy and then like some of the bosses will take like three hits right mm. like that is easy mode they've they have built this in the game like it's not unintentional so i don't know that always just gives me the shits when people are constantly banging on about the easy mode thing if anything i find the fact that you, you know, you can do so much extra in the game that they're catering for that it kind of makes it a little bit not too easy. That's stupid to say, but compared to Dark Souls, that's the only Souls games I've played. Right? I felt like you get up to certain points and you just have to get good at it and like get through it, like S and O and stuff like that. Like if you if you don't get better, like you just there's no like there's not really easy ways to cheese some of those fights. You know, whereas this. They- 
you can get like up to level 150 pretty easily and then it's like a 10 hit boss fight there's there's strategies but still it's it's a big barrier that's yeah. specifically them but often when people in dark souls one they find themselves in Anolondo, they don't want to leave Anolondo, even though it actually doesn't take you long to get back out and back yeah. in to then go and get the stuff that would then but again you're not going to know that unless you know it you know and that's where as you said if you get stuck in these games just just look something up you know there's no shame yeah. at all these are games that um you know they're obtuse so if you know if you need to look something up you need to look it up so yeah and with dark souls one i felt like i was under a little bit more pressure because i think we needed to cover it like it's all in my head right it's all my own deadlines and mm. stuff like that but I felt like I couldn't just play it blind because it was gonna. I knew it was gonna take another twenty hours extra if I tried to play it blind, mm -hmm. right? Whereas with this game, for like the most part, apart from like I want a specific item, how do I get it, right? Um, like I played almost all of it blind, and it's so it's super cool, man. Like you're gonna love it. Like I'd be shocked if you don't like this game. Like that would actually be the biggest shock. You are a contrarian, so you never know. But <sighs> the thing is, right, <laughs> that it's. I will also be shocked um, if I don't like it. I think the question for me, it's more like, will I feel that the change to the design, the world design, is is a benefit versus... Yeah. It's like, do I prefer it over the kind of more, I guess, the smaller, obviously non-open world, although they're kind of still open in a way of the other Souls games? Yeah. Um, I don't know yet. You know, we saw how going open world didn't really do it for me for Breath of the Wild from what I've mm. played so far versus it's almost comparable. So I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm really hoping that's not the case. I, I will assume I will love this game. I do. So and look, and that's, that's where like, I still feel like if I had to say, you know, best games, not games that like the ones that I love the most, just the ones that I think are the best games, I still would, I don't think I'd probably put this in the top 10 because I'm very much of the mindset of like, you can't put like three or four Dark Souls games in there, Elden Ring, all this kind of stuff, right? You kind of put a rep in there for those games. And, you know, I think I'd put Dark Souls in still because it's so intricate the way it was made. Hmm. It's so specific. Whereas this is, it does have a lot of sections like that, but there's, and the world is amazing. It's still, it's right up there, like with Hyrule in Breath of the Wild. Where it just feels very real and organic. Um, but, you know, it just doesn't have that puzzle box nature that I really loved about Dark Souls. You know, you do have the open parts. And also you can just kind of go, fuck all of this. I'll just go do something else. Which is good mm. and bad. It's not, like, all good. So, I am going to be fascinated to see how you take to it. Yeah, I don't I'm think you'll, you'll dislike it, like, with Breath of the Wild. Because I think some of the core mechanics and everything like that, it's... Yeah, just the, to me, I don't think you would... Yeah, I'd be very shocked. But I, I would, it wouldn't shock me if you say, oh no, I find it, you know, a step below the Souls games. That wouldn't shock me, to be fair. Oh, we'll see. And, yeah. you know, I'll be honest about it. Um, when but are you going to start I, playing it? I'm, I'm like, I'm like more excited for you to play it than, well, <laughs> than you are. Yeah, I'll, well, let, let's talk about stuff I've been playing then. Because right, right, that, right, that kind of is the big reason why I haven't played Started Outer Ring yet. So, well,. I'm not playing Elden Ring. The game that I've, <laughs> the only game I've played this entire week Ooh. is actually Elix 2. Ooh, interesting. So I made the conscious decision, I mentioned this last week, that Elden Ring came out on, what, the Friday and then yep. Elix 2 released about four or five days later on the Tuesday. And so I said, okay, I'm not going to start Elden Ring because you I want to, 
yeah, because basically I'm really looking forward to Elix 2. I kind of want that style of RPG experience right now. And if I started Elden Ring, then I would, I'd kind of like start it and then go away from it and then come back. Yeah. I can't play these two games at the same time. The, the, Elix is the kind of game that I would want to immerse myself in the same with Elden Ring. Um, so with Elix 2, I'm about 30 to 35 hours in now, um, as opposed to about seven hours last week when I first talked about it. The game has really grown on me. Um, the first and some of the initial uh, setbacks I saw the game had have gotten better, such as the combat. The combat's still pretty crap, but it's gotten better as you upgrade your character. It feels better, if that makes sense. It feels really bad at first. I just wish that Piranha Bytes, the developers of this game and developers of uh, the Goth Gothic series and Risen, they've never been known for their combat, but I just want them to take like a page out of the book of spiders, the developers of like the Technomancer, um, Greedfall, where with each game they've gotten better, the combat has gotten better, and I'm hoping that their their next game does as well. And it's like I don't see that with the Piranha Bytes games as much. They still feel really off, but I love everything else about it. Um, the The game itself is just fun to play, like especially. Something about the way that Piranha Bytes design their quests, they're one of the best at it, in my opinion. Um, we're talking interweaving quest lines, characters that are part of multiple different quests that you don't realise you have to complete one quest before it will trigger something else in another one, and it just feels really organic. And you could probably look behind the scenes and see how they map stuff out, and it would look like a crazy, you know, connector, um, like a flowchart, basically. And... It's just something about the way they that they do it. I just wish that they could get there with the other parts of it, like the polish, mm. um, the production, like the voice acting's serviceable. There's some good moments, but there's also some trash moments. I will say overall, apart from the combat, the game is much better than the first Elix, which is what I that's all I was really hoping for because I didn't I liked Elix, but I didn't love it. Whereas this game has stepped it up, and now I'm loving it. So. Look, I think it's it's really good. I'm looking forward to reviewing it next week. Um, it's just it's a massive game, you know. I'm as I said, I'm about thirty hours in. I've probably done like three hundred and fifty quests already. Whoa! Yeah, it's this game has so much in it um, that it can be overwhelming at first, but the world starts to feel a lot smaller once you got into each of the hub areas. And I'll talk about the interweaving quests. Like the hub areas, you go there and you'll be introduced to so many characters mm. that. I spent like seven hours just in this one big city doing quests in that city alone. And half the quests are just dialogue quests where you're going around having to figure stuff out, having to steal items, having to convince people about things. So it's just, that's what this game is to me. Like it's all about the quests and their quest designs. So yeah. You know the jetpack, is that sort of like a stamina style thing where you can only do it so much? It's not like you can just flow everywhere, right? Yeah, no, it's definitely limited. Um, but I talked about the game, the feel of the combat before. Now that I've upgraded the jetpack fully, like that feels really great now. It feels yeah. way better than the first one. But yeah, it's definitely not something you're zooming around an unlimited amount. It's not like Anthem or anything like that. You are definitely have, but it will get you to the top of skyscrapers and things. And then you'll find like cool secret items mm. and unique weapons at the top of the highest skyscraper in the ruined city. And. That's that's stuff I love about this game. You just find cool items everywhere. So mm. yeah, okay. So that's yeah, that's what I played this week, honestly. 
But I wanted to talk about a couple of other games that yes. I did play pretty recently, just not this week. So some of the Game Pass games that were added in the last over the last month and a bit. So I've got a, a, a trio of games here. The first one is Contrast. So Contrast was a game... It's it's not a new game. That's definitely not. Uh, it's been out for quite a while, but it's a game I've always been curious about. And it's actually from, yeah, from 2013. It's from Compulsion Games, the developers of We Happy Few that Microsoft now own. Oh, yeah. Um, and you basically play as the imaginary friend of a girl. And it's almost... It's close to Link Between Worlds, Zelda, where Link Between Worlds, you would squash yourself up onto the wall. In this case, you squash yourself up onto the shadows and you go across the walls and complete puzzles and traversal, traverse around the environment by turning into the shadows on the wall. And it's actually funny. It came out the same month as Link Between Worlds. Oh, really? It's kind of wild that these two games that have very similar mechanics came out in the same month. You can see in the YouTube B-roll at the moment how you're kind of going into the shadows and going back out. So it's a really, really cool idea. Um, The world is very film noir-esque, but it's also got like a lot of burlesque-style costume designs. Not like raunchy, just kind of obviously that style of... I I don't know if burlesque is the right way to say it, but, you know, lots of... I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, like you can see in the footage now, it's very similar. that theatrical, yeah, French... Yeah. Look, yeah. So very cool. It is pretty technically visually outdated, but I mean, it's a 2013 game. It was an indie studio. I'm not expecting it to look like a million bucks these day, this day and age. So Can, yeah. before you move on, Link Between Worlds, yes or no? Most underrated, not talked about Zelda game. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Popular. It's a toss up between that and the Oracle games for me, um, because the Oracle games are. Pretty they're really, good. They're, really they're good. they're really good, but and I think they're both kind of on the same level of not talked about very much. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, interesting. I I hear a bit of people talking about it, but I do get the knock that people have that oh, they're Capcom. I'm like, dude, fucking Capcom, they're freaking amazing. What are you talking about? Like, exactly. Like, but people on. do give that that knock, which I find just so weird. But anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah good call. Yeah, good call. All right, let's go to the next one. Yeah. So the next one is. A pretty new release when it, uh, especially when it came out onto uh, Game Pass, which is Dreamscaper. So I didn't, I had no idea what this game was going to be when I booted it up. All I knew is that it looked like it had was an action style game, as opposed to you know like an adventure game or anything like that. Um, so it's from Afterburner Games. They're based in San Francisco, and it's a team of three ex AAA devs. And this game has is really really polished for considering how small of a team it is. What it is is basically like a top-down action roguelike that's taking place across, uh, like the action part takes across like the dream world, and then yeah. the rest of the game takes um, place in like the real world or the waking world as they call it. And so when you're in the dream world, you move between room to room, battling enemies, solving puzzles, and you know you'll get you you will unlock some persistent upgrades as you go through. It's more like okay, you'll un- unlock. The fact that you can purchase this item when you if you find, come across it in a room, you know, so it's kind of like some persistent upgrades. But when you die, it is permadeath. You start from the beginning of that. Um, I guess uh, I don't know. Biome is probably not the right word, but like you unlock different areas, kind of like I guess. Um, I guess biomes. What I've heard of Returnal in a way. Yeah, they're biomes. But yeah, combat. It's funny because <laughs> I play this so close to Death's Door. It has a lot of similarities to Death's Door in its combat. This definitely is a lot faster paced. Yeah. Um, but it is very much 
okay, parry, you know, parry, heavy focus on parries and dodging and things like that. Game's pretty pretty cool. I don't know if I'll play any more of it from what I played, um, but it is, it's a gorgeous game. It's got great music. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, really, really cool. Give it a go if you like action roguelites. Uh, it's on Game Pass, so if you've got that, then it won't cost you anything to try it. Nice. And the last game is definitely uh, different to these two, which is Taiko no Tatsujin, the drum master. <laughs> a very well-known series for many people. I actually always thought this was a Sega series until I'm like, I realize I'm like, no, I always, that's Samba de Amigo. Like, oh, for okay. some reason, obviously, that's Maraca. It's very different, <laughs> but they kind of occupy the same mental space in my head that I'm yeah. like, no, this is a Bandai Namco game, not, not Sega. Um, I haven't played any version of this game probably in, like, 15 years, you know, since I've randomly saw it in an, in an arcade or something like that. This is a special version of the game that they made specifically for Xbox and PC, I guess, for Game Pass. It's a very stripped-back version of compared to other ones, especially the Switch version that got released, uh, sorry, announced recently. Like with song um, selection and stuff like that, right? Song, well, I'd say more so in modes. Like it's very stripped back. It's oh, okay. pretty much just very basic modes. Song <clears throat> selection's pretty basic as well, but you can unlock more in the shops. I haven't played enough to really unlock, or definitely not all the tracks, but even probably some of the cool tracks. But some of the ones I have there from by default are pretty cool. Like... They've got like Undertale songs. They've got Tales of Arise. They've got Street Fighter, Neon Genesis, yeah, Katamari cool games. Stuff, yeah. yeah, there is some cool games. There's also a lot of, you know, um, other anime songs and like idol songs and things. I'm like, I have no idea what these are. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you, you play along, you're like, okay, that sounds all right. Look, this game, as you expect, it's awesome. But, you know, the big thing is, and you've mentioned it before, it's like they're on Xbox. There's no way to play this with an actual drum controller on Xbox. It's huh? so. Because oh, I was yeah. literally going to ask, did you end up going and buying one? But you can't even do that. Not on Xbox. So you, the only thing you can do is play this with control. Now, if you happen to have one of the Xbox, um, like, I forget what they call, but the accessibility controllers. Like, <laughs> no, I'm saying like that. Could, that <laughs> I was like, that's the wrong thing to do. No, but I'm saying that that almost, that's that's the closest. No, that's is that the closest your suggestion? <laughs> no, let me finish my sentence before you laugh at it. I know saying, that's the only controller that that is really compatible with Xbox that would probably offer anything close yeah, to yeah, a drum yeah. controller. Um, mm. So the but so my recommendation if anyone wants to try this, play it on PC because you can do you can hook up. Um, there's a lot of no, but I'm talking the this version if oh, on, X, on so Game can, Pass. Oh, you can you can play the drum. Or get like a cheap one on eBay or something. Yeah, play it so the PC Game Pass. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, someone's even hooked, been able to hook up the Donkey Konga controllers <laughs> to oh, PC cool. before. That's so cool. I've got them in the background there that you can see as well. So look, definitely play this on PC if you and if you've obviously got a, a drum controller, you've probably already got it on a bloody PC if you've got a drum controller. So, but yeah, I'd say that this is definitely a better game on a platform that will allow you to play it properly. So. Yeah, I wonder, like, a VR version, like if, you know, with PSVR 2 or something, if you could get the controllers working well enough to simulate something like that, it would be really sick, I think. Yeah, it's, it's also surprisingly difficult game when you bump up the, ramp up the difficulty. You're like, okay, there's literally only two drums and a couple of other things, <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, there's... It's kind of layer. It's They do it crazy stuff. Like yeah, that. Dude, but, like, yeah. I, I don't think I'm a slouch at those kind of music games, but, like, I find the ones that are very specifically 
more tailored to the Japanese audience. They're way harder <laughs> than the Western ones. <laughs> like the Western ones have so much tolerance. Like the Japanese ones are so like you have to be like within a few frames to get it. Like it's very mm. difficult. Um, all right, nice. All right, let, let's cool. jump into the news. Uh, so let's first jump into the state of play and one of the the bigger games uh, that came out from the state of play. Square Enix has announced the next game in the renowned Valkyrie profile series, Valkyrie Elysium. Is that right? Am I saying it right? Well, Elysium, Elysium. Oh, okay, no, I'm good. sure so exactly I'm not what's too right. Off. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fine. It's coming this year, 2022, to PC, PS4, and PS5. PS4 will never die, given the chip shortage. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I'm guessing you're going to be a little bit excited about this game. Is that right? I am. I want to talk about it, but probably not for the reasons that you oh, okay. might expect me to. Like, definitely keen on this, um, but I'm completely inexperienced with the Valkyrie Profile series. But it's a series that I've always wanted to play, especially the first two. The first games always had that cult classic status, um, and by all accounts, the PS2 game was great as well. Um, I don't know much about the DS game, and the mobile game, from what I looked up, just... I don't know. It looked like a mobile game. Let me just yeah. put it that way. Um, but yeah, so it's the first first game in the series, essentially the console version since 2009. So it's been a while. It's, uh, if you're a yeah. Valkyrie profile fan, you must be like over the moon. <laughs> like what the hell? They're bringing this back. I don't know. I don't know if you are over the moon. And why not? Because this game is very different than the other ones. Oh, so... okay. Well, you've got to give me that detail. So this is an action RPG, as people watching the footage on YouTube could attest to. All the other games are turn-based RPGs. So not saying that alone is going to push people away, because that's happened to a lot of series. Obviously, Final Fantasy is the big one there. But to go from not having a game in the series for so long to come back and essentially have it look like a completely different game, Mm. by all accounts, I I think a lot of people are not going to immediately go... Oh my God! That's the the, late, the new Valkyrie profile, Valkyrie Lysium or whatever is looks amazing. And the thing for me as well is the trailer and the game, the way the game looks. It, this game looks pretty poor at the moment, in my opinion. Like the state of it, like graphically, okay. I think is actually for a game that they closed the state of play with. Uh, and a game that, like, on paper, I'm like, that sounds good. And I'm I'm interested to try this game out. I'd probably still like to play the others before it. I just don't think it... I don't think it wowed people. I think it mm. just looks really rough. And this isn't being developed by the same people either. So Tri-Ace were the developers of the early games. And Tri-Ace are also famous for the Star Ocean series. Mm. They're not working on this. It's a studio called Salil Game Studios. And they've got a couple of action RPGs under their belt, but they're generally licensed games, like a Samurai Jack game and stuff. So they're oh, not, okay. they don't have like a rich history of classic JRPGs compared to obviously someone like Trias. But I mean, Trias are working on the, the newest Star Ocean. I'm not saying that they probably even had the capacity to do it. But so, yeah, I've seen the, I think the reception's been a bit mixed on this. I think, still think it looks neat. I love my action RPGs, but at the same time, it, yeah, I can understand why mm. people might not be crash hot on it. So Yeah. I missed your note in the run chair at the start that we're meant to talk about the overall thing. I think it was also because this is like titled Valkyrie, so it like threw me. Yeah. Um, I'll just say as well, sorry, last thing on, on Valkyrie as well is that they are getting the composer back, uh, Matoi, uh, Matoi Sakuraba, 
And that guy, like, you look at his run sheet now, not only does he work on all the Tales and Star Ocean games, but also Dark Souls and all yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Like, he's so prolific, so it's great they've got him back. Can I, like, can I say, with these state of plays, and maybe this is my Nintendo fanboy bias, but there's just something about the way that Sony does these state of plays that it's just, like... It feels a bit like, you know, a fan is put in, putting it together, trying to copy, like, a Nintendo Direct. And there's something about it. It's just missing this magic or aura or, like, energy or whatever. Like, I, I always go into watching these as you crack open a beer or something. Um, I'm cracking open a Fruit Tangle vodka <laughs> drink. But yeah, so it is Liter- alcohol. Literally Fruit Tangle. I'm not being sponsored. Um, and... Yeah, like, I just feel like I, I go in positive watching them and then just the way the things land, I'm like, eh, it's like, I feel like I could be a lot more excited than I am like when I'm watching it. I don't know. Maybe it is just Nintendo is just so ingrained in my brain, but Look, like, what do, what do you think? Like, is that a fair statement or do you think it's more biased than anything? I mean, it's definitely fair, but I think nobody does. Nobody's got the, the magic like Nintendo. Nintendo yeah. just always... We are we are we have so much nostalgia for them. They've got yeah. so many properties at any time they could bring back, so you just don't know what to expect. Whereas with with PlayStation, while they're they you know they're much better Xbox in terms of their legacy and the RIPs and everything, but still they're not Nintendo. Yeah. So I don't think they're ever going to have that magic. As for my overall like thoughts with the state of play, and we'll obviously get to some of the other highlights in yeah. a second. Um, it, I, I liked it quite a bit, but also it was very. Uh, what they covered was generally very niche, so it just happened yeah. to hit a lot of the niches that I love. So I think your mileage with this state of play will really just depend on, you know, do you do you like JoJo? Do you like Turtles? You know, do you do you yeah. like um, the bring back Valkyrie profile? You know, and the general audience probably isn't going to be like that. So yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that stuff. When yeah, we... yeah. I just can't get over the fact that like there's a couple of them that I'm like, oh, I should be more hyped about that. But maybe it's like I, I say this though that definitely one different thing is, and this is hearing in interviews of people who have got stuff in Nintendo Directs and then State of Plays and things like that. Nintendo is very specific. Like it's not just like here's my trailer. No, 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 no. <laughs> They're like, this is what we want. This is how we want it. This is the mm. pacing. This is how we want you to structure it. So I think there is a, they're putting their own thematic over everyone else. So it just feels a bit more cohesive as a thing versus like, it does very much feel like a bunch of disjointed trailers with a wrapper mm. around it with state of play. Mm. Whereas I never knew that with the Nintendo side that they actually work with people and make them come up with a trailer in a specific way. It's like, no, we want it to be paced slower at the start and then bang, this is when you have this announcement and all this other stuff. And I'm like, that's interesting. And the other part of it is they work with people and then they don't hear from them for three months and then all of a sudden there's a Nintendo Direct. <laughs> like, they don't hmm. ever tell them that their product is actually going to go out the door and get announced. Like, that's crazy. So, but anyway, let's just, uh, let's jump into uh, the next announcement, which I think... You know, again, I, I think I would have been a lot more excited over if it was a Nintendo Direct, but you know, let's go into it. Is uh, Konami announcing that they're pulling together a whole bunch of their classic Turtles games into a compilation they're calling the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Cowabunga Collection. 
Uh, this is a really cool move. I like it. Like, what this is, is it? awesome. 13 is games, I think, running across Game Boy, NES, NES, Genesis, Mega Drive for us. Uh, arcade. Um, and going to have, you know, online functionality all this year. And, like, seems to be pretty reasonably priced given how much you get. It's pretty decent. This, this is absolutely awesome. The fact that they've done so many of the games in one go now... Not saying you could get away with just having a collection of the Game Boy games, for instance, the trio that are yeah. there, but we've seen recently Castlevania where they did, like, the, I don't know what it was called, the Legacy Collection and the Advanced Collection. They split them up. Yeah, and Mega Man's, collection. The, yeah, Mega yeah. Man's the same. They split it up. Whereas this, they're like, okay, let's chuck all the Turtles games. This is basically all the games you would want from up to, you know, that 16 bit era. Yeah. All of them. Like, I can't think of any that they're missing that I would want that, or if there are any that are missing. Um, like I didn't even know, and I'm sure it's a very well-known fact, but I didn't even know that there was a Turtles in Time arcade version. Yeah, I always yeah, just yeah. assumed it was a SNES game. So the fact that they put that in, like they, they've even got the two different versions of Tournament Fighters, um, sorry, three different versions of Tournament uh, Tournament Fighters, which is insane because they're all completely different from each other. Well, I've never played the Genesis version, but I've always been interested to try it because I was such a fan of the SNES one. Yeah. But yeah, this this is amazing. Like, I love this collection. Um, just like the Hyperstone Heist specifically is probably my favorite Turtles game. And I never had a Mega Drive, but I remember hiring renting out a Mega Drive um, when I was on a holiday somewhere, and I just played that game nonstop. And, and I actually like that game more than Turtles in Time. So really, yeah, Hyperstone Heist. I love that. I game I know so that's much. very highly rated, but I think Turtles in Time is really good as well. Oh, Turtles in Time is great, but. I think Hyperstone Heist, I just loved, like, the levels more. So yeah. it kind of... That's why that game is much more... I hold that one much more fondly. But yeah, yeah. They've even got, like, lots of Japanese variants in there of these games, region variants like they did for Contra. Uh, just, yeah, note that, like, this is Digital Eclipse, the same mob that does all those collections, like Castlevania. Like, they're so prolific. Like, you look at any collection recently of these classic games, it's probably Digital Eclipse that's bloody done it. With them or M2 are the other ones that are like really well renowned. So. Well, I'm, yeah, so like they did Castlevania, they did Contra. Now they're Konami, that makes sense. This is Konami, but they also did the Mega Man, Aladdin, Lion King ones. Yeah. They did um, the, the Disney Afternoon collection, the Blizzard collection. Like, man, like these guys are not lacking for work and, in the industry. And this is where it actually, you know, speaking of Nintendo, it puts Nintendo to shame that. <clears throat> they're including a museum mode with this. And they usually do this with these collections where they have sketches and art and lots of other stuff. I think that's awesome. Like to me, I hate when, you know, with what Nintendo did with Super Mario 64, uh, Galaxy and Sunshine. And just to be kind of like, here's the selection of the games. I'm like, they must have so much cool shit that they've never showed anyone. You know, it's Nintendo. They saved yeah. everything. And how... Um, like I honestly think they could have put in like a one day work of just grabbing some of the old sketches or like some of Miyamoto's notes or something, and that's all they had. You know the bar is so low with Nintendo with that. Time. I know they I could know. have done that, and people would have lost their shit, right? Like people, ah, oh, it's worth getting just to see this stuff we've never seen before, and they didn't even bother. <laughs> like they just oh that shit in so much. It's so annoying to me. But yeah, I still bought it. I bought you know a copy for my. My wife's dad being switched, so I'm part of the problem. But this is really cool. I do wonder with um, Dotimo's, uh, Dotimu, sorry. I hate that name, Dotimu. Their uh, turtle game that's coming out this year, Shredder's Revenge. If people are going to look at it and go, 
Well, I pretty much pay the same price to get one game versus 13. I don't know. That's the one it question is, I had. It is an interesting move, and <clears throat> I wouldn't put it past Konami to have started because <laughs> that was announced a little while ago shredder's revenge it's yeah. not it's not like a recent announcement ah, I, I wouldn't put it pa- i wouldn't put it past konami to be like well let's uh let's beat them to the the post or well, i actually don't we don't know release date of this one so but yeah no it's true because look shredder's revenge is probably going to have a lot of extra modes and stuff in it but you're getting so many cool beat-em-ups Turtles beat em ups in this one package. It's kind of wild. Surely, like the IP holders are all like in on it. So, I don't yeah. know. I have and no idea. It's been an awesome resurgence of uh, beat em ups. Like, I think in this era of like people feeling like every game needs to give you 80 to 100 hours of gameplay mm. value, like, I'm actually glad that stuff like Street to Rage 4 is, is popular and getting more popular and. They're more tight, you know, three to five hours experiences, which is cool. Mm. All right, let's move on to a, another highlight from us on the state of play, which was Returnal, a really cool update for Returnal, uh, getting co-op um, and then also a new survival mode. Uh, and they're naming this 3.0 update, they're branding it Ascension, which is which is kind of weird. Like these title updates are getting names now, I'm finding. Mm. Like I know Monster Hunter's done it as well in the past. So his free updates dropping in a week and a bit. So the 22nd of, of March. Um, and I'm, I'm like, I really want to play this game. Like I'm kind of debating, should I just play it straight after Elden Ring or not? It's just that it's hard, right? And you feel like you play Elden Ring, you probably want to play something a bit more straightforward <laughs> after it than some well, other game bit, kick your ass too- even more. Too bad you're not going to buy Kirby because that would have been the perfect palate cleanser wow. between those two games. That's almost too much of a... It's almost like a water as a palate cleanser. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, and it's pretty damn cool. It's got online co-op. Um, yeah, like, like I'm kind of surprised that they've, they've done co-op. Like, it's not... It doesn't seem to fit in with the game director's vision of the game and just, like, his vision of games in general, from my perspective, just listening to him talk about it at length. Um, but I, I actually really think it's cool. Like, I'd love if you or Mike uh, jumped in. I don't think it's going to happen, but I reckon that'd be really cool. Like, and a really cool way to experience it. Yeah, look, I think this is a great addition to a game I haven't played. Um, you know, but you can still judge things that are, you know, cool, yeah. even if you can't experience them yourself yet. Um, and I love the what they've done with this new Tower of Sisyphus, the survival arcade mode. Basically, they're saying yeah. that they're bringing the game back to... Housemark's arcade shooter uh, roots, where basically you've got um, score multipliers. If you don't take damage and your multiplier keeps going up, so obviously it's that risk reward um, push pull system of kind of you know of that'll keep you on edge all the time. So I think it's really really cool, and apparently they've well um, weaved new narrative elements into that mode as well. And there's you know a new boss in there, so some cool stuff they're adding in there. Um, I don't know if it's going to be up everyone's alley because we know that the whole concept of scores are not always appealing to everyone. But yeah. hey, it's a, it's a free update as well. What can you say? You can't complain about that. Yeah, new boss, a new biome slash area. Mm. So a new narrative content. That's really interesting. Like, I feel like <clears throat> this is all the stuff that they really want to do and the audience doesn't want it. <laughs> but I kind of <laughs> love how they don't give a fuck and they just keep doing it like... They refused to make the game easier. They had to, like, be kicked, you know, uh, dragged kicking and screaming to put in a, like, a save checkpoint, like a save state that mm. um, goes away once you, you know, 
go back into the game. It's not like you can actually save scum and stuff like that. But, you know, they didn't want to do that either. And they added it in really late into the game, like pretty much after everyone's already played it. And this Tower of Sisyphus is just like... I feel like people probably already feel like the game is Tower of Sisyphus. <laughs> like, so it didn't make me laugh when I was watching it. I'm like, man, they're just, it's, it's, they're just doing this because they love it, which I kind of love mm. about that studio. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really keen to play it. And I love how it has like Metroid, um, you know, nods and things like that in Returnal. So. Yeah, it's a shame that the only person, only host of this show that's actually played the game isn't here to talk about the update, but that's fine. Mike, well, He hasn't played you. that much of it. He returned it straight away. He did play it. He did play a lot of it. No, it was like two days or something. And then he, yeah, he, but he the, thought it was he too played, hard. Yeah, but he played He played enough. <laughs> he played more than well more than we bloody did. Well, let me just put it that way. I, I, I just say I've watched a lot of streams and I feel like I'm an expert more than most people who've beaten it. So, <laughs> all right. Nice. <laughs> all right, let's nice. uh, close out the state of play. Which, uh, when I saw this announcement, oh. I thought, oh, Swinney's got a little gamer boner right now. <laughs> oh, this is, this is what I've been waiting for all, all right, you take it away. week. All week. So, one of the most surprising mm. and, uh, judged by the internet, popular reveals of the state of play was an upgraded version of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle, which has been called All-Star Battle R. And... The term R is interesting because you look at a lot of Japanese games that use it and often it means remix. In this case, you could consider it possibly remaster, but this game is a bit more than remaster. Like They're actually doing a lot to this. So it's based, for anyone who doesn't know anything about Jojo, I'm not going to really go into it because it's, yes, uh, please don't. <laughs> it is a, a wormhole of awesomeness and craziness and, and ridiculousness. But basically, it's based on Hirohiko Araki's super popular manga series that's been going since the 80s now this series has had so many games of varying quality and we'll get to that in a second with this game but basically this was originally a ps3 exclusive from around 2013 um and it's made by anime fighting specialists cyber connect 2 who have very uh, very divisive developer um they make a lot of anime games a lot of them very average, a lot of them review very average, but every now and then they'll make something that people love. So this is a more traditional 2D fighter, you can still sidestep and everything, versus the most recent game in the series, which is Eyes of Heaven, which is a game that I, the first game I bought when I got my PS5. I'm not a huge fan of the gameplay in that one. This one is much more up my alley and I've always wanted to play this game and I never had a PS3. So what have they done to this game? So. First of all, it's coming out on everything, which is awesome because I said the original was PS3 only. This mm. is coming out on Switch, Xbox, Steam. So everyone's going to get a chance to play it. Since 2013, in the West, JoJo has exploded in popularity. Mm. So all you have to do is just go on YouTube or Reddit and like this is the game that has the most comments of uh, the state of play. This is the people. Really? People making, yeah, people making Far countless out. videos about what are the new characters going to be. This series is so popular and people, I think, were just wanting something new in the game space from them. And Eyes of Heaven is very is not loved by a lot of people because of the gameplay style. But I was, I was about to say, what are they doing to this? So they're upgrading the visuals. So it is a remaster in that regard. Um, but they're also revamp revamping a lot of the character models, bringing them closer to the anime color uh, variants of the costumes. Because JoJo's really weird. Basically, even in the anime itself, 
your character, the can- some of the characters can go through about five different color changes throughout the episode. It's just like it's just the style. <laughs> okay. But there's almost like a default, and they've kind of they've changed stuff to the default of that. They've reworked all of the character models. They're, the game runs at 60 frames a second, so the original ran at 30, which for a fighting game is obviously a huge improvement. Um, they're re-recording all the dialogue with the anime voice cast. So when this game came out in 2013, I'm not sure exactly how far along they were, but they'd essentially only started adapting the first two parts of JoJo, and there's, there's, there's of eight the parts of JoJo, of the, of the manga. So there's <clears> eight <throat> parts. They're adapting the first two to anime. Now, since they're essentially they're mid mid part six at the moment on Netflix, so they're able to get all the voice casts they cast for the anime and re-record all the voices, which I think is a huge thing that fans are going to love for this. They are adjusting the gameplay. Now, I've never played this game, so I can't talk too much about this, but they are adding more tag elements. They're adding like air dashes and things, so they're, they're, they are spicing the gameplay up a bit as well. There's new modes. Um, there's new stages. That, so they are adding a lot to this. But I think the biggest thing that people love to talk about are the characters in this. So the original game had 41 characters. This game has 50. Now, it means there's at least nine new because I think there's one character that they may not have in this one that was like a crossover character mm-hmm. that I think isn't confirmed for this. So it's, there's a good chance there's probably 10 new characters they're adding to this. And they've conf- we, we know from a leaked screenshot or a screenshot they accidentally put up that there's two characters that are already in, which is Trish and Prosciutto from Part 5. Um, all the characters will be unlocked from the beginning. So it's almost like um, what they did with uh, Smash and... Uh, not Smash, uh, with... <laughs> the opposite. Was it Mario, Mario Kart? Mario yeah, Kart, Mario Kart ate the Lux. They yeah, just, that's what I'll... Which I... Yeah, I, no, I don't want to labour it, but I just wish that there's a setting in the setting yeah. menu which you can go, yep, unlock everything, otherwise no. That, that's what I was thinking of, where it's okay to change that. Yeah. Um, and look, and there's a whole lot of likely characters. The likely characters they're probably going to introduce um, are... The ones I've already got in Eyes of Heaven because a lot of the games that share an engine, they often share assets. They've shared assets between those games, so there's a good chance that a lot of those characters that were in Eyes of Heaven that aren't in this game are going to be the ones brought in. But I think the big stuff that people are wanting. So when this game came out, Part Eight was, pre- I think, it was pretty early. Part Eight's now finished with JoJo and the manga, so they're able to bring in like the main villain in that series if they want. I think that's what people really want, even if it's DLC. But Part nine, the manga is going to start this year, so people really hoping that who we don't know who the protagonist is going to be of that because it obviously oh, hasn't started okay. yet, because each part has a new protagonist. So we're hoping that people really hoping that they bring in the part nine protagonist even as DLC to this game. So I'm super pumped for this. It, it's much more up my alley than Eyes of Heaven. I will go back to Eyes of Heaven and, tr- and play through the campaign of that, but I think this is a game. For JoJo fans, not so much a game, I think, for fighting game fans. Like, as, as a fighting game, it's not super well regarded, but as a fan service JoJo game, it's massively regarded. So Yeah, look, I don't know anything about JoJo outside of you mentioning it a bunch of times. It's awesome. That's what and it is. And I'm hearing more in just random podcasts, they're like, oh, JoJo, you got to get onto JoJo's. Mm. I, I, you probably might have seen my reaction. I was reading, like, the fan-requested characters, and then in part six, it's Foo Fighters. I was like... Yep. What? Foo Fighters? Yep. Like, they've rolled Foo Fighters. And then I Google Foo Fighters. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, yeah. Every, all the characters... Is this like Sherlock from... Holmes in, in Ace Attorney where it, they had to translate it to something else? Like, what is it? Um, Herlock Sholmes? 
in the West. So, <laughs> funny thing is, right, so what they do with JoJo, because all the characters and stands and everything JoJo are all named after bands and songs oh. and stuff. When they translate it for, like, official English release, they have to change all the names all the time. Yeah, so it's so, like Sherlock Holmes. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so, for instance... Um, Killer Queen, one of the ah, you know villain stands, yeah, yeah. is Deadly Queen. Shining Diamond is changed to Crazy Diamond. I think it is like they changed them all. Shining Diamond. F- well, you mean like Shine on You, Crazy Diamond? Yeah, like yeah. Pink Floyd. There's even there's Crazy a, there's Diamonds a, like just as close as Shining Diamond. Like yeah, that's no, weird. that's the thing. Like there's like okay. there's a, there's a stand called Pearl Jam. You know, like it's <laughs> oh, this game. Yeah, there's man. Like you see the that. list. This is oh, the most music. Oh yeah, Mariah. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, there's heaps. It's it's. From a like a music Easter egg standpoint, it's insane. There's whole videos that go for like an hour just talking about the musical references. But the funny, my favorite is the fact that the villain of Part Seven, his stand is called, which is like the power is called, um, "Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap." Dirt cheap. That's awesome. Yeah. So they just call it D4C in English because that's what they nickname it anyway. So <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Actually. Anyway, okay. yeah. So I'm super pumped for this. It's obviously not going to be up for everyone's alley, but Are yeah, you like get it? the. Hell yeah, I'm going to get this. Oh, nice. So I'm super looking forward to this. So. Yeah, nice. No, cool. Awesome. All right, I think you're going to take over the next uh, story as well because I refuse yes. to say the name of this island. What do you refuse to say the name of it? Go on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm missing something here. So this week, it wasn't State of Play, so we're done with State of Play. Um, we actually had the announcement, a very low-key announcement from a Storm... Uh, was it Storm Castle? Sorry, Snow Castle Games developers of Earthlock that they're make, releasing a new spin-off game in that universe called I'm trying to now you've got me stuck I'm like I don't know what you're no, getting no, at. I just don't know how to say it so I refuse to say it so I find it funny Ica- that you don't want to I don't say know it. I don't know how to say it Ikone Island that's what I'm reading it's you know Ikon Ikone it's not you know, Japanese not, though is it they're not a Japanese developer yeah okay so uh, basically this is so I, I want to talk a little bit about Earthlock to then give the context about this. So this is a crafting game, but Earthlock is not. Earthlock is an RPG, and they're, they're, it's an RPG series because the second game is due to come out hopefully this year. But Earthlock Festival of Magic was like a throwback JRPG from from Snowcastle Games, who are based in Oslo, uh, Norway, and they're heavily inspired by like PlayStation era game, uh, Final Fantasy games, the Tales series, and everything. Um, it actually gained popularity through Kickstarter and the fact that it was released as a Games of Gold title. So a lot of people picked this up. Well, they grabbed it for free as part of that that promotion. Mm. And I I really love Earthlock. Um, and back in on episode two of this show, Whoa, so July day, 2020. Um, July they, 2020. That, it's almost two years. That's crazy. Yeah, that that's when we talked about um, the fact they actually announced Earthlock two. So they had announced a sequel. But what wow. this game is, they announced this week, is not an RPG. It is a survival crafting game. And the fact that I'm playing through Kataria Fables at the moment, I love my Harvest Moon and Stardew and everything, and then you mix that with the, you know, like the Earthlock universe, which I love the the, the style of the game and everything. It's almost like a match made in heaven for mm. me. If yeah. you're not going to make an RPG, then you make this kind of crafting almost life sim. They're not calling it a life sim. I don't think there's farming from what I can see. Weirdly, the Earthlock actually had farming, but anyway, whatever. So, yeah, I think this game looks really cool. Um, it's basically like, yeah, like you you befriend wildlife, they give you abilities that you help unlock new areas in the, the island. And I just, we don't know much about it, but I just wanted to call it out because 
It's a game that not people, many people are probably going to talk about. I think it looks cool. Um, it says it's, I believe it says it's due for, actually, I don't know if they said when it's coming out. Comp- so they said 2022? Because yeah, I, yeah. no. I know it's hitting PC early access first. Um, so oh, I don't know okay. if the 2022 refers to the early access does. or the full release. But but yeah, they said Earthlock 2 is that was apparently 2022 so i don't know if mm. that is still due or not that's so. what i was gonna say it seems very strange like you know if you're a huge studio maybe you do something like that but it seems very strange to do that like well, if you're not that big but well what's interesting i actually saw a little mini trailer for earthlock 2 when i was researching this and they're referring to that game as a survival 3d rpg as well mm. so it wouldn't surprise me that they've been able to almost get this game up and running quicker. Mm. So obviously then they can get more people into the, the universe and hopefully then also, you know, expand out for Earthlock 2. Because, look, I don't know what's going to be more popular. You know, maybe this one has a chance to blow up as a little survival crafting game that people talk about as opposed to an RPG. I don't know. So, But not anyway. coming on the Switch. That, that Like, I get maybe the way it looks, but, but I feel like that would be the biggest audience by far. Possibly. I mean, the first game is on Switch, so... Yeah, no, just, like, I saw your note that you said that's excluding the Switch. That just seems like a... From a business standpoint, if anything, I would launch on the Switch and nowhere else. Like, if I was yeah. the marketing people for these guys. But, yeah, okay. Cool. Good luck yeah, to so them. that's Ikenai Island. Oh, and then uh, big, big news. Big wig news. Ender Lilies, uh, our 2021 Game of the Year... Damn straight. And the Lily's Quietest of the Nights. Fantastic game. Uh, it is getting a physical release. Uh, so it is getting a physical release on the PS4 and the Switch. Um, like, uh, this game's getting a lot more buzz. Like, you know, the other thing yeah. that they, they spoke about, you know, it's reviewed really highly. If I remember, I gave it a 9 out of 10. <laughs> um, and it sold 600,000 copies for a studio that doesn't have a huge stack of employees that definitely would be a great result um and i'm really fascinated to see what they do next so they're gonna have two versions this is with limited run games um they're gonna have the standard edition get the cart or you get the collector's edition physical copy soundtrack poster and enamel pin and it's an open pre-order which i'm always a big fan and, of and it's for ps4 and switch only so i just want yes. to clarify that yeah. Yes. So, oh, yeah. So, like, you know, and, <laughs> you know, given that we did say it's game of the year, they did miss, as Swinney pointed out, I don't want to steal his joke, but they missed out on calling it the game of the year edition. Exactly. <laughs> like, man, they, all they had to do was just put our little potty on their, on their front of their physical release and they would have sold another 600,000. I was going to say, if they did that, guaranteed i would be getting the physical copy just because it's almost like you have to at that point that's awesome well i've i've actually ordered it oh so. you have oh, that's yeah. awesome i was yeah, debating so. about getting the ps4 version actually i already got the switch version so i actually got the switch version um oh, yeah, i cool. already own this game on xbox digitally, yeah, that's so thought, yeah. um but yeah no i think like not much to talk about here it's just um awesome game obviously a game of the year came Came from nowhere to win our game of the year. Wasn't even nominated in our official <laughs> list of nominees, <laughs> and we just decided they were like the one of the I think it was Monster Hunter Rise. We're like, you know, that doesn't really qualify because it didn't make this personal list. And we're like, let's just find another one. And I'll, oh yeah, Ender Lilies. We'll put that on there. And then we went through the game of the year. We whittled it down. We're like, I, I think, think like s- unpacking was pretty close, but I didn't want that to be game of the year personally. 
Well, that's the thing. Is even Mike made a comment like Ender Lilies. Yeah, it's not going to win Game of the Year and then ends up winning Game of the Year or something. So that's, uh, yeah. I, it's a game I still haven't completed. I still have to go back to the game, but man. It's great. a hard game. It's like not easy. Like, I think that's what I really liked about it. Like, it was a, it was a good level of game. Like, it mm. certainly wasn't easy, but it wasn't impossible or anything. I like haven't that. seen anyone else give this Game of the Year. No, no, God, no. So let's like we're ahead of the curve here. Come on, like yeah, I know six hundred thousand, baby. <laughs> catch up, people. Go back and change your game of year to this. To end all of this I'm just thinking, like, well, because what what is the biggest game of last year that we didn't play? Like, it takes two. I really wanted to play that game. I reckon I would have given that game of the year if I played that game. But you bastards never want to play with me. I'm just the the loner in the corner. That's 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 a you problem. It, dude, last year was a really weird year. Like. Very, very weird. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Metacritic scores, like, in order. It's just really, yeah, like, hmm, interesting. Hmm. Um, yeah, cool. So, uh, now, now I'm debating whether I'll buy it. Like, I'll, I'll check it out again. The, post, the postage, I didn't enjoy the postage on it. Oh, really? Okay. No. Mm, yeah. That, that, that's what sucks about living in Australia. I know, that is the worst. <laughs> Amongst other things, but that that is, when it comes to postage of items, that's like... You, Brutal. Obviously, the analogue items are the ones that... Oh, don't even get me pain as well. Those bastards. They haven't even updated the Pocket firmware to work with the DAC. Because one big thing I wanted to do is play like Game Boy Advance games on my CRT and just see what it looks like and everything like that. I still can't do it to this day. It's like so beta, that, that bloody thing. Anyway... You're getting yours, what, next year or something like that? <laughs> At this point, yeah. Are you group B or C? I think I'm C. Oh, you're C. Yeah, but that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, man, like, there's so many games I haven't played yet. This yeah, year. yeah, fair enough, fair enough. It's it, like, you know, the flip side is it's going to be the perfect version by the time you get it. They're going to refine the hell out of it. <laughs> Bastards. Um, nah, I still love them. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our final story on a much more abbreviated show uh, this week. And it's that... Super Nintendo World is officially underway and coming to Hollywood. So what you have is uh, in Japan, you also have the announcement for Orlando, Universal Studios Orlando in 2023. And now you're going to have another one in Hollywood. So it's very cool. And they obviously shows they're very confident in the concept. Um, you will get the Donkey Kong expansion in Japan due open 2024 and i guess i could say this now uh i don't want to say all the personal reasons why this is happening but we're actually going to be going to japan we have to go to japan this year as a family you have to yeah yeah well, it was like family related stuff right okay. so no no it's family related i don't want to go and you have it. to go to super nintendo world while you're over there well <laughs> of course <laughs> when in rome i don't even think it's nintendo close world. to where why we need to go over there what's well, it's on osaka it's in osaka isn't it yeah i know but there's no yeah we're not going to be we're going to be going to like the, the north or something like that um like right up far north but anyway yeah, like, so I'm, I'm super keen. I, I really, really am looking forward to, to going to the Japanese one, and I'm really pumped that they have one in Hollywood because I feel like this is just, I don't know, like, whenever I'm in a city in the world that has, like, a Disneyland or, like, probably not Universal Studios, but definitely Disneyland, it's like, damn, I have to go. I don't know. It's just something about it. It's really cool to go. And now this bloody, these Super Nintendo worlds are becoming like that. So you know, where it's I just, like I'll just if I was in LA or in Florida, I'm like, all right, I guess I gotta go. <laughs> like, what so else can I do? T- 
to be a little bit of a Debbie Downer, oh, yeah, um, just to set expectations, the site that they're building, the one in the Hollywood, Universal Studios Hollywood, is a smaller area than the one in Universal Studios Japan. Really? So if you look... Because yeah, it's so pretty you, small, the Japanese one. Yeah, so this is even smaller. Wow. So just temp your expectations. I think they're saying... Because I think there's two technically two rides in the Jap- Japan version. Yeah. I think people are saying it's likely probably only going to be one oh, ride. Wow. But people are like, there's a golf course next to it. Just <laughs> just go on the golf course. <laughs> Who cares? Not have got uh, enough golf courses anyway. But I think the one by all accounts of Orlando is yeah. a much potentially bigger area that they might even do the Donkey Kong one there as well. So I just want to just say, look, obviously it's going to... You look at the Japan one that's on the screen at the moment on YouTube and it's it's obviously a good indicator, but it's not going to be a one... like It's not going to be exactly the same because of that, so... And you know what I'll be able to do when I get to Super Nintendo World in Japan? I'll be able to buy six Amiibo I have not been able to buy so far. Because the wrist thing that you get that Miyamoto is about to, you know, demonstrate on the screen in the B-roll is an Amiibo. Oh, come on. So you can That's use an the Amiibo? Amiibo? Yeah, you can use it on the Switch and then you can use it within the park. That's surely that's the that doesn't count. It is, it's an official amiibo. It's literally an official amiibo. And they could just call anything an amiibo at this point. You'll be like, okay, much. well then it's an amiibo. Okay. Well, that's what they did with yeah. the Diablo figure. Have you you've seen the Diablo figure, right? Yeah, you've shown the me. loot it's goblin. It's literally <laughs> just a generic loot goblin that they put an amiibo base <laughs> like ship in. They didn't even change the base of it. It's still like an like an oval shape instead of a round shape. So, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is awesome. It's, you know, it feels like it's a successful concept. Uh, Super Nintendo World, even with the pandemic and everything like that, they're obviously seeing numbers that they're happy with. And I, like, honestly, I'll, I'll see myself going to all of these at some stage <laughs> for sure. Like, I, I'd be shocked if I didn't. Um, because we'll definitely go back to Florida with the kids to see Disney World because that's, you know, everything's bigger than Florida. Like, you know, even COVID's bigger over there at the moment. But, um, yeah, yeah. I do, do you think you'll make your way to one of these one day? Sorry, you said Florida. I just I just can't think. The Jojo Part 6 is set in Florida, so I've <laughs> got me thinking. So I've got Jojo on the mind. But, yeah, like, do you think you ever get to one of these places? Maybe. I don't oh, know. really? You're not sure? I don't know. Look, I'm, I would say that if I take a trip over Japan at all, it's not going to be my first priority to go visit Super Nintendo World. It'd be cool, but I'm not going to make that a reason to go. So, like, I don't have kids, so it's like... I would be going for only... (laughs) (laughs) So, it would depend on also, you know, the the party that I'm with and and things like that. The party? You're going with a party? party. Well, I don't know. The entity? Depends on the company that I have, because I wouldn't go there myself. Imagine me just going to Japan in Super Nintendo World by myself. Just walking around the park by myself. I like that. Wearing <laughs> wearing three of the wrist things, the Amiibo things on what each is, arm. What's that show? Um, <laughs> maybe on your legs as well. What's that show? Netflix show, Colombian drug lord. Oh, like Narcos? Is it Narcos where he's just like standing? There's yeah, like a meme Narcos. where he's just standing yeah. around. That's yeah, Narcos, that's me. That's me. It's Nintendo World. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. standing, staring that's at like, like the, Reeves. the rides. Keanu Reeves yes, with like a sandwich. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So that's all the news we have for this week. And we don't have a special feature, so it's actually... We're about to wrap the show up in a minute, but in a minute is my little uh, segue. Because as we do, when we wrap up the news, there's lots of stories we could talk about. 
but we don't really have anything specific that we want to add to them, but we want to mention them on the show. We've been running this for a few weeks, well, many weeks now, uh, and we are monotonically increasing the word, word count. One extra word per episode for Swinney. So it's 187, although you did cheat in that other episode that we didn't, you didn't dra- bring, bring to our attention clearly enough. That you no, cheated. It was, it, it was very cheat. well brought to your attention at the time. <laughs> you just have a bad memory. I do actually um, have a terrible memory. I was gonna I was gonna <laughs> ask I was gonna ask Indigot. Yes. You know, given that I've talked a lot this episode. Yeah, it's good. You know, yeah, do you want to do this? No. No. I don't know if I can. <laughs> do you want me to try? <laughs> if you want to have a shot at it. Okay. I mean, I wasn't expecting <clears throat> you to say yes, but please do if you want. If you I'm, I'm, dude, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a game for, to do things. So if you put me out, you put it out there. I'm not, I haven't even practiced, so I'll, I'll probably lose. It doesn't count because you know, whatever. All, all right, right, this I'm is awesome. Start. I look forward to this. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to start in a second. Gotham Knights has a new release date of 25th August 2022. The Dead Space remake launches in early 2023. A mobile version of Call of Duty Warzone has been officially confirmed. A remaster of Nintendo 64 platformer Glover has been announced for PC. Paradise Killer is coming to PS5, PS4 and Xbox next week. Outward Definitive Edition is coming to PC, PS, PS5, Xbox Series X in May. Evo Fighting Championship has revealed their 2022 lineup. Cult Hit Fighter Them's Fighting Herds is coming to all consoles. Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo and more have blocked sales in Russia over the Ukraine conflict. Nintendo and has also delayed, uh, delayed the Advance Wars remaster due to the ongoing situation. John Romero has made a do- new Doom level with all proceeds going towards humanitarian efforts in Ukraine. Uh, Square Enix has launched an official YouTube channel with over 5,000 songs. F-Zero X has been added to the Switch's online N64 library. Dr. Disrespect and Twitch has resolved their legal disputes over his infamous ban. And finally, the man who uh, used COVID relief funds to buy a rare Pokemon card is now so three years in jail. Oh, shit. Oh. That was too, that was like, it threw me off. <laughs> that is like way harder, man. I'm like tired after doing that. Shit, I'll tell man. you, man, it's like, I'm not saying it's difficult, but it's su- like it's surprisingly more difficult than you expect. Oh, like yeah, Mike, yeah. I, I had so much more respect for Mike after doing it my first time. I'm like, yeah, I my respect for Mike go. has gone from like zero to one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was watching this basketball clip uh, where they're talking about Michael Jordan, which I also do a lot, and. The guy's like, okay, like rate Jordan in, you know, defensive ability, one to five, one being the best, five being the worst. I'm like, I find that rating scale offensive. (laughs) Like who (laughs) rates best is one, like on the left, and then the worst five on the right. That's just like anathema to me. (laughs) But man, that's really hard, dude. I don't know how you guys do it. Oh, like I'm tired. I feel like I'd have to write it myself. He's got the sweats. He's got the... yeah. The I'm, new I'm sweats. I'm exhausted. Normally, like I like to listen to you do it and then go, "Oh yeah, I like this," or want to call out that. But now I'm like trying to <laughs> go back and actually, what did I even say with all these things? Yeah, I I originally had it in here, but uh, I originally had Mike endorsed Paradise Killer is coming to PS4 Xbox because <laughs> I know that he he quite enjoyed that game. So uh, wouldn't be surprised if that's a that's a Game Pass drop at some point. So. Yeah, well, did we mention that um, that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was put on Game Pass? That's incredible. Well, well we haven't, we don't have any Game Pass mentions unless yeah. someone. So I bring it up, for instance, in my segment. But yeah, game. 
obviously I'll be checking that one out. So oh, that's massive. Like even I'm yeah. like going. Actually, that might be a good palate cleanser after Elden Ring. Like not crazy hard game, enjoyable, much more straightforward dialogue. <laughs> rather why am I still, than why am I still leaning forward like I'm about to do one man for the swing? <laughs> um, um, yeah, that was that was big. Actually, like I like that Gotham Gotham Knights seems like it's definitely coming out this year. That's. That's one that I'm really keeping my eyes on. I'm a bit nervous about how that game's going to shape up, though. You know, like with the co-op versus like I don't know. It seems to not doesn't seem to be what I thought it was going to be. Um, mm. And then the other one that kind of surprised me was Dead Space, the remake. Them showing like clips from it, and then also saying it's coming out early next year, which was way well, earlier than I was expecting. Honestly, well, they've actually there's been some places saying it's slipped till next year i'm like god was that even on the potential yeah i didn't line up for this year you know yeah that was news to me like i thought that was gonna be like a couple of years away so and And then advance wars that made me laugh that whole thing i went from going to buy in october last year then it gets delayed and then with all the shit that's happening who knows when it's gonna get released like (sighs) the fact that there's like a russia like faction in that game as well yeah, I, I completely I understand why they've done that it's obviously also like that game had already been delayed so it's like okay it's delayed again but how about Glover coming back Glover yeah. getting a PC like, <laughs> at least alive I couldn't those are like the most unexpected news I've, I've had since they announced the new <laughs> bloody Kiki Kai Kai game or whatever I have to say gaming is getting a little bit like three years ago with Netflix and Amazon Prime and it just feels like they're trying to resurrect everything because it's mm. getting like you know you even see this on the co- in the console space you know I don't know if you follow the Coleco Chameleon and then you know the yeah. um, Intellivision uh, what are, Amico Amico, Amico. Yeah, you, know, yeah, like, you can't you can't avoid the Amico stuff if you follow certain uh, YouTube channels <laughs> yeah well like I I listen to uh, the Pat NES punk and ian uh podcast completely unnecessarily and completely unnecessary podcast and it feels like they've just morphed into a shitting on and television podcast it's amazing how much airtime they've dedicated to it uh, it's great it's great i, I do enjoy it. <laughs> i don't know anything about it outside of what they talk about so it's very skewed but hmm. but yeah all right cool um I guess we'll wrap up the show, man. I like, see it. I'll go back to playing Elix. I'll go back to play. Uh, well, I want to watch Drive to Survive, Netflix, F1, but have you? I, you should watch that if you're like, you don't have to be an F1 fan. It's very well made. It's very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it just brings something up completely. It's yeah, on yeah, that yeah. note. Yeah. Um, I've been watching some Netflix documentaries recently. And have you ever watched the Strong Eddie Strongman documentary? No. About, um, I forget his name. Ah, uh, oh, the UK Strongman. Anyway, we'll check that out. It's it's old, it's like 2015, but that's okay. a good documentary because it it's like it's called I think it's just called Strongman or Eddie Strongman, one of the two. Okay. Um, the basic because it's like it. Obviously, all documentaries are um, t- they're edited in a certain way, but the fact mm. that early in the documentary, he's like, one of my goals is to to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then he's got this moment at the end that's really cool. So oh, yeah, nice. Nice. Uh, I think I don't know if it's it's I think yeah, it's, it's called Hall. Eddie Strongman. Yeah, so it's yeah Eddie Hall. It's a good watch on Netflix. It's not new. I just watched it recently. So yeah, I'll definitely watch it. I always like anything like sporting realm or associated. Uh, cool. So next week we should be covering Elex Two review. Yeah, uh, Chrono Trigger, massive TBD on uh, Earthbound, and yeah. Then, uh, what about on. the Cuphead show? You're gonna 
Have you watched that yet? Okay, so I'll do my mini review of it now in this bit that we delete. Um, I mean, this is for the truly dedicated who have gotten to this point. My son, who's like four and a half, is obsessed about this Cuphead show. He's watched the whole thing twice from start to finish. Whoa. <laughs> right? And it's it's pretty funny because um, <laughs> he has a friend at school who talks about baby Jesus all the time. And then he's now talking about what baby... Does he like, is he in Talladega, Talladega Nights, man? <laughs> no, or something? no, no, no. Like, this is more like Christian people, right? So then he talks now about baby Buddha. And then he goes, what do I talk about? And I always say baby devil or baby Lucifer. <laughs> and then he's watching the Cuphead show and the devil's in the show. So he's like, oh, this is baby devil. <laughs> it's baby Beezlebub. I, I do... Like, it's so weird, the Cuphead show, because the... The game's animation is so flawless and beautiful. And I don't like the animation style of the Cuphead show, but they executed the hell out of it. I've got to give them credit. Like, I don't love it, but it's very good. And people who don't even know Cuphead the game are gravitating towards it. It's actually very popular on Netflix. It's one of the trending series on Netflix. And it's cool. super quick. It's like so, crazy quick. So I asked you now, I can remove that from the run sheet if you're not going to review it. Cool. Thank you. That's uh, from the schedule. <laughs> I may... Do we want to wrap up anything else? Do we want to clean anything else? Or... No, I was just going to say, I if it was any other week, I would have been playing um, any other, like, Fortnite, I should say, the new Assassin's Creed expansion, Valhalla yeah, expansion. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't review it. But I guess you're playing Elix too, right? Exactly. Like, between mm. that and then Elden Ring, like, I don't know, I might... Tr- Try to squeeze it in, squeeze in a forty-hour DLC <laughs> between Alex and Elden Ring. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, anyway. I don't think you should start Elden Ring, given who you are as a person, because you want to get the oh, like oh, you want to get the the what do they call it? The hundred percent achievements. I don't know because it's just platinum all achievements. And, yeah, it's oh, just okay. all achievements. Yeah, yeah, you want to get all the achievements in Elden Ring, obviously. Yeah, one percent of people have got it now in uh, PlayStation, which um, I'm shocked about. Oh, that's a lot. So it's yeah, not an easy so game. <laughs> it's a long game. It's I can't speak for Elden Ring, but I know I'm always surprised by how low the ratio is on Xbox for the Dark Souls games. So it's kind of like I don't know. It just must be something about the games kind of drive people to complete them more than maybe you'd expect. So yeah, yeah I agree. Like you know, if you're sort of a bit like oh, I don't like games being too difficult mm. you're definitely going to avoid those games right there's over over a thousand people on true achievements completed which is two percent of the people have played 2%? on true achievements so it's more so. like mm, there you go mm. step it up ps game but, that, but that's that's on true achievements so that's obviously skewed towards people that are playing for achievements more than oh no 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 because oh so you don't oh so there's no way to figure it out in general because in PlayStation, there, you can. No, there, there is. There is. I just don't have the number in front of me. There isn't because there's an achievement for obtaining all achievements. So that oh. would be that ratio on Xbox is what would tell you um, the same as the oh, okay. So Because PlayStation actually tells you just straight up, this is how many percentage of people have done this. Yeah, so does Xbox. Oh. I just don't have... I'm, I'm on true achievements. Okay. I don't... I had to be on my console to see it. So. Oh, okay. Because there are PSN yeah. profiles... So PSN profiles, so it's similar to true achievements, right? Eleven point five percent have done the platinum. I'm like, what mm. maniacs! <laughs> right? And then it's one point two percent of everyone else, which I honestly, I was like, shit, that's pretty good. Like, I'm kind of surprised about that, man. Like, yeah, I guess people just, yeah, people who are playing this game are like hardcore people, and they like, like they've been pretty difficult bosses. I'm going through it now. I've beaten some of these, but. 
It's like 17% of people have beaten certain bosses. I'm like, it's like 40 hours into the game, legit. Like, it's impressive how much people are into this game, man. Maybe you're just slow. What do, what do you mean I'm slow? No, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> further ahead. But it's you're, you, know, you know you're like oh that's forty hours and I'm up to that boss and everyone is there like in five hours. No, no way, no freaking way. Mike is not even up to these bits and he's fifty hours in the game. Mike's Mike is not a good comparison. <laughs> that he's true. Actually. God, he put like two hundred hours in Skyrim before he even went to the bloody Greybeards and then up the mountain. Well, he so. only did that because of the show. <laughs> he said he was never going to do that. It wasn't he hadn't even unlocked shouts yet. <laughs> anyway, it's so awesome. I love He's the... probably coming along around all the dragon words we learn new shouts. Says, I don't even know what this is, but give it to me anyway. <laughs> anyway, that is actually awesome. All right, well, all right. Uh, that that that's it for this show. In a very uh, different show tonight. Uh, next week, as we said, Elix Two. I'm going to be fascinated to see what game you're playing next. If it's the Assassin's Creed DLC or Elden Ring. I think I know which one it's going to be. I think the market's about $1.20 on Assassin's Creed. It's probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Chrono Trigger. Finally, we're going to cover Chrono Trigger. So let's yeah. see. Let's test if Mike is a true 80% Mark of where he's up to Mike, in that game. Mike is a true 80%er. Because he's definitely not going to play any more of it. So with that, bye-bye. See ya.